good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Spreaker Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023, I believe. Yep, that's what it's saying. And uh, this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, well, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that. We've got downloadable flyers and brochures. Uh, there's a uh, link to a YouTube playlist. that has about 130 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, testimonials from people all over the world that have had fantastic, life-changing results using these things, and also testimonials from people who have built a massive home-based business uh, using the devices as well. So whether your uh, issue is uh, health or wealth, uh, you can check this out and it may be able to help you. Just uh, just suggesting it as something to look at. And um, also right below the iTeraCare stuff is the uh, new streaming uh, program that I've been introduced to recently by uh, Brenda and, and Carl. And so far, I'm pretty much loving it. Uh, it's called Q Streaming. And it's a Christian company that offers all kinds. I mean, virtually every channel under the sun. Um, I was paying 130 some bucks a month at uh, Spectrum for basic stuff. And uh, half the time I'd see something I want to watch. And lo and behold, I'd have to upgrade if I wanted to watch it. Well, all those channels are available on Q Streaming, plus the ones that I had to upgrade for. <laughs> and they're all there for just $59.99 a month. And uh, it's a really cool system. Uh, if you put it on a TV, you'll need a uh, Amazon Fire Stick or a um, Chromecast device of some sort. Um, the company only supports the Fire Sticks, so as far as you know, if you haven't got anything, that's the one to get. They're about $34, $35, something like that. Take about 20 minutes to set them up if you have rudimentary computer skills. Um, you shouldn't have any trouble. And once you've done that, uh, you've got access to all these different channels. You can set up favorites so that you don't have to scroll through the almost 2,000 channels that they have. Um, you can just plug in the ones you want. Uh, I've got about 60 or 70 in mine, and then it's a lot easier to scroll through and find the things I'm looking for. But you can always go back and look at the big list if you need to. And um, But they've got uh, all the sports channels, all the movie channels, uh, hundreds of movie channels. Um, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, the only thing, uh, a buddy of mine contacted me yesterday. was asking for certain ones. And oddly enough, they don't seem to have PBS, or at least I haven't seen it, except for PBS Kids. Uh, yeah, they want to program your kids. But uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, but most people can get that with a, with an antenna locally. Um, but you know, I don't know who wants to watch PBS anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it was, uh, they were asking about it. So I told them, I'm not seeing that one and I don't see Russia today. That's one I would really like to have. But, uh, other than that, I mean, the list is pretty extensive and, um, 
it's loaded. So check that out. Like I said, it's $59.99 a month, and they have a program where you can sign up as a referrer, and that allows you to um, sign, or sign other people up or just put out a link, and if they sign up, you get $6 off your monthly bill. And so if you sign 10 people up, that means yours is free. And with number 11, that's money that's going to be paid to you. And that is a uh, residual kind of thing. As long as the people are using the service, you'll get six bucks every month per person. So if you sign up, say, 110 people, your service is free and you're going to get 600 bucks a month. Not bad. But anyway, just something to think about. It's another option out there. And I uh, encourage you to check it out. While you're on the main site, you can uh, click the uh, radio shows tab, and it will bring up a link to um, the archive page set up through castbox.fm at the top of the page. And there's almost uh, over 1,200 shows up there now, and uh, they're all shareable via email and social media. If you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows you do we do when they're on and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the YouTube, uh, or excuse me, the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. So uh, just keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests, and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Spreaker Radio Network, um, Jitsi, <laughs> uh, Free Conference Call, their owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own due diligence and research to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. All righty then. Imagine I've said that all in one breath. <gasps> Just kidding. Um, <clears throat> yesterday, towards the end of the show, um, Mark uh, mentioned a interview of um i can't remember the guy's name but he runs space busters and he was doing an interview of dr tom cowan and um basically it seemed like a uh, pretty good thing uh from what he said the language is clear except for a couple of the s words here and there uh so we'll just edit that out later but um I thought it might be an interesting thing to listen to because Tom Cowan's very good and so is uh, Space Busters. So when you put those two things together, you're going to have a, a pretty good uh, outcome, I think. So I'm just setting up screen sharing here. And, we'll let, and this is about an hour and three minutes, I think. So let's listen to this interview, um, Tom Cowan being interviewed by the gentleman from Space Busters. Here we go. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're here with a man who, if you're a Space Busters fan, needs no introduction because he's somehow made his way into at least 12 or 14 films since early 2020. Um, but it's not... <laughs> 12 or 14... <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe more. And wow. you've somehow managed to make your way into the new one I'm working on with Dr. Mark Bailey. So uh, that, that that's one more. But uh, it's Dr. Tom Cowan. Tom, thanks for, for coming on. It's great. I've really been looking forward to speaking with you. Great. Thanks. It's good to talk to you again, Steve. Appreciate everything you're doing. You make some great stuff. So Thank you very much. So do you. Well, yeah, I found you a long time ago, and I, I dare say you're one of my teachers. And uh, I, I've looked up to everything you've done, <laughs> especially on what we're going to speak about today is even in the early days of my filmmaking, 
I was still under the impression that biology as we know it, cellular biology is real and, you know, uh, DNA. And uh, I, I made some mistakes in my early films that you've been teaching me like, no, 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 hang on. Uh, this is this is all theoretical. And what we're going to talk about today, which is exciting, is your new biology curriculum, which is great because the timing couldn't be better, in my opinion. All of us for years now have been exposing what isn't and what's false and what's not real and uh, certain political agendas. And I think people are now at the stage going, yeah, we get it. So what do we do about it? Right. And I think that's why I'm really excited about what you're doing. I, this new biology curriculum, I dare say, is pretty radical. <laughs> it's a pretty radical thing. But the first question is, I think people would have is like, Tom, why do we need another health curriculum, right? We've, we know allopathic medicine is dodgy, but we have homeopathy, naturopathic, shamanic medicine, acupuncture, witch doctors. Why are you doing this? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, it's funny when uh, you didn't say it exactly like this, but people say, oh, yeah, I believe everything you say, you know, it's I'm with you 100%. And I always think to myself, I don't even believe 100% of what I say. <laughs> I, You know, it's like I, I have sometimes conversations with my wife and she says, did you just make that up? I say, of course, I just made it up, you know, but <laughs> so let me just say in, in for the next 45 minutes, uh, I, I will try to differentiate when I'm saying fact versus my own speculation, right? Because I think that's important. Some things are facts and some things are not. And I don't mind people speculating, but I, I would rather they say when they're speculating because, you know, that we all do that. So I agree. You're very logical too. what I like about you is you have intuition and just logic. You know, you just break. You don't take BS. You say, hang on, that doesn't make sense. And I, I get the feeling that's where this is coming from all of your experience in medicine, you must have along the way said, hang on, <laughs> something's yeah. wrong here. Well, I started even before I went to medical school. I wouldn't, I, I, I was sort of groomed to be a doctor, but I didn't like it. I didn't like how they thought. And so I, and, until I realized there was another way to do medicine, I wasn't going to go when I did realize. So I, I think the way to answer that is, Maybe by looking at, at a few situations and contrasting like allopathic medicine and then sort of natural, holistic, or sometimes functional medicine, and then what we're calling new biology curriculum or medicine. So what would you learn? So let's take a simple thing like depression, right? So depression is supposedly a, a disease, right? And they, I say that because it's in the DSM-8 or whatever number they're on manual of, that's the list of psychiatric diseases. So therefore it must be a disease, right? Because it says depression. And so the question, and so what we're looking at is, and, and here's, a, here's a speculation or a hypothesis, and you can actually say whether you even agree with this or not, because 
I do, but I would say I can't prove it. I would say that you can't build a healthy anything. And I'm talking about a person, a life, a community, a world based on untruths. Now, again, I can't prove that because you could say, well, you could have a relationship that is based on that people hate each other, but they don't say that to each other. And maybe that'll work, right? There's a lot of people have tried, I'm, I could tell you that. Uh, but, but I don't think that's the best way to have a healthy relationship, right? So that's a, that's a speculation which I can't prove. But so, so the question then is, how does, they, how does this doctor, he or she, come up with this diagnosis of depression? So here's how it works. So I've actually seen studies that show that when you go to a normal doctor, you have approximately 37 seconds before they interrupt you. And I can tell you that I was an ER doctor for a while, and I don't think most people made it to 37 seconds. <laughs> they, they came in and said, my arm, I fell and boom, I was done because then I was going to do an x-ray and find out what's wrong with their, if they have a broken arm. I didn't need to hear any BS about their dog tripped them or anything. <laughs> I didn't care. I just, it's your arm. So a person comes in, doctor says, what's up? He says, oh, I'm really depressed. And in a way, that's all they need to hear, Right person's depressed, that's the diagnosis, then, then you do what you need to do. Because in medicine, it's all about getting the diagnosis and matching the treatment. Got, maybe they let them go on. Yeah, you know, my job isn't going well. I'm not getting along with the missus. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a little financially stressed. And yeah, I'm just really depressed. Now, here's the assumptions behind that encounter. Number one, depression is a disease. It's not an experience of life. Like this guy has a crappy life, right? And so he doesn't feel good about the way things are going. And this, so that's number one. And the second is the cause of his depression disease is a serotonin deficiency. That's, and so because of that, he hears the diagnosis from the patient, right? He doesn't know anything about this person. He says, you have a diagnosis of depression. It's caused by serotonin deficiency. Take Prozac or, you know, one of the other ones, SSRIs, to make you have more serotonin. Come back in a month. Tell me how you're doing, right? So those are the assumptions and the, and the, the course of action based on that thinking. Now, interestingly, here's typically what would happen. A guy comes back in a month. How are you feeling? Oh, feel much better. Yeah, how's your life doing? Well, the wife left me. I got <laughs> fired from my job. I went bankrupt. And I gained 30 pounds because I'm sitting on the couch all day. So, <laughs> But I don't give a shit about it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm healed. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you, you might say, so what makes you think you're, I just don't feel so bad anymore. Right. So he's, he's fixed right now. 
the problem with that encounter is a there is no diagnosis of depression that's an experience and people have been trained to say that and b and here here is a fact this is not speculation there is no evidence that a chemical in your brain called serotonin has anything to do with the symptom of of feeling bad that has been disproven even you know our friend kelly brogan has published studies on that there is no evidence that that's true and the evidence that they will give you well, well i gave the person a chemical like prozac and they got better is supposedly proof that it's caused by serotonin in other words if somebody is something and you give them cocaine and they feel better that means they had a cocaine deficiency and you fixed it <laughs> right that's the proof so that's obviously nonsense right so yes <laughs> my, my conclusion of working you know i never really did that but i was part of that system for you know decades is is the problem is the assumptions they assume there's a disease which there isn't they assume a cause of an imaginary disease which has not only never been proven it's been disproven and even that's not even getting into whether nerves have synapses which they don't and whether there's neurotransmitters which there aren't don't. yeah exactly so that's even a part those are even assumptions underlying the whole serotonin thing okay so that's obvious that 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 one's let's just call it bs <laughs> uh, so then okay so you don't you're a, a little bit more enlightened person i'm going to go to my holistic functional doctor so you go in say you know i'm really depressed and tired and he listens to you and you do a questionnaire about 20 pages of all the symptoms and got low libido and etc and so then he says okay we need to do some tests so he does approximately he or she i keep saying he but could be anybody uh, about four or five thousand dollars worth of tests on urinary amino acids and neurotransmitters and a whole lot of other things how much lithium is being excreted in your hair except it wouldn't be much in you <laughs> not much <laughs> so uh, now what are the assumptions well First of all, there's a disease called depression, right? He's, they still believe that. Second of all, that all these chemicals will somehow tell you what's wrong with the person. I mean, if you just examine like one, urinary amino acids, so they're too high. You could say, well, they're too high, which is good because you're excreting the extra. You could say that's bad because that means your body has too many of those amino acids. Uh, you can actually say just about anything you want because nobody has ever demonstrated that the amount of amino acids in your urine has anything to do with an experience <laughs> of being sad. Which is right? probably your mother died and you're three months behind on your rent. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, the same with the Prozac. It's as if it's not okay to be sad, right? Which is, your body is telling you something's wrong. You need to deal with an emotional trauma. Same with disease, which we'll get into. I never call it disease. I call it dis-ease. 
because your body has to have a way to show you that you're deficient or something's wrong so that you know to fix it right like if you broke your leg and you didn't it didn't hurt when you walked on it you would just hurt it more because right. you feel well it you're better. you're you're jumping the gun and getting into new biology which is oh. <laughs> the the point is there is still in in almost all of what's called alternative or holistic medicine the assumptions are almost identical there is a disease you are a chemistry set you have neurotransmitters we can figure out where they're off and fix them. And so they give you, you know, $500 worth of supplements to take every month. And, you know, the results are, let's just say variable. Now, in what I'm saying is we want to base medicine on reality, not unproven or disproven assumptions. So the reality is, there's something going wrong with your life, just like you said, Steve. Like, so you spend a certain amount of time saying, so what happened to you? And, and I actually learned in my practice that people will go back if you let them to what happened. Some it's just I was fine and then two weeks ago my dog died and now I feel sad and that's perfectly normal. They don't have a disease. They don't need anything except somebody say yeah i hear you you know i I, that's like sad (laughs) or it could be that you were abused as a child and you were starved and and you know there's a whole lot of stuff to unpack and 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 whatever it is you stick with the real story of the patient which is an individual uh, explanation of what happened in their life now, some of it's like psychological slash emotional, and some of it's, yeah, I was fine, and then I decided to only eat raw beets. How come? Well, because that makes you feel better. So what happened? Oh, man, I couldn't, I felt like shit after that. So the problem <laughs> is you you made a choice to do something which I would say is wonky, and it didn't work. And so <laughs> you have a physical deficiency, like, right? So that's a physical problem. So it's not like saying, is it a mental problem or emotional or a physical? It's it's whatever it is, and probably a mixture of all of those. Now, once you find the story, then you try to address, or you might even say, with the person, fix like if it's beets, you'd start eating regular food. If it's <laughs> abuse or your dog, you know, you might get a new dog or maybe that would, you know what I mean? There's a way to address, and some people may be zinc deficient, right? Yeah. That could be the story. And that's the story. So none of that. And, and by the way, if you say somebody's zinc deficient, you better know how you figure that out. Because that's a tricky one. Because it's very complicated to do to even know whether minerals stay the same in your body as it is what you put in. And it's complicated. And so with every situation, you just go through that process. You can do it with flu. You know, the regular people think it's a virus, so they give you an antiviral or a vaccine. 
There's alternative people think it's a virus, so they give you vitamin C. Uh, we know it's there's no evidence for any of that stuff. Yeah. What happened to you? And then you deal with that. That's what I mean by new biology. Yeah, which is great. And I think so pretty one of the things I notice is there, you know, it's the circle. Uh, oh no, it's it's German new medicine. It's all emotional. It can't possibly yeah. be uh poisoning from the chemicals in your shampoo and your yeah. dishwashing soap and all that. Or no, 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 it's all poisoning. They, everyone's no, no, it's an energy imbalance, it's acupuncture. No, it's a cell salt deficiency. Yeah. And I think kind of maybe what you're doing, am I wrong? Or are you you're marrying everything, saying it's you're all it's one or the it's not one or the other, it's combinations or some or maybe none. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's actually a great way to put it because you know, through my life, and I've been doing this for almost 40 years. Uh, and I wouldn't this is an exaggeration. By the way, I I learned to pay really close attention to when people quote, lie or exaggerate, because there's always something really juicy in that. The person who comes in and says, oh, my foot is killing me. Well, your foot isn't killing you, right? Because if it was, I would say to cut your foot off. <laughs> uh, but it probably hurts really bad sometimes, right? And then you have to you have to dissect when it hurts and what happens. It's because my wife stomps on my foot in the morning. That's when it hurts. And so then you know the problem. So uh, anyways, so I'm going to exaggerate here. I, I have learned a, at least some about pretty much every medical system there is. You know, I can get by as a homeopath and an herbalist and anthroposophical doctor and German new medicine and you know, herbs and food and all the rest. And none of them fit right with me. It just like you say, it's only emotional. It's only so I would ask people breast cancer, it's only trauma based with sex or something. So I have people with breast cancer, and I would go through their whole life, not a single trauma that they anybody could remember or anything. And I just said, Screw it. It's not right. <laughs> yeah. Because meanwhile, they were essentially, you know, like eating arsenic or something all the time. And it wasn't emotion. I mean, everything's emotional, right? But, it, but there's right. a lot of chemical. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, there's something to Bruce Lipton's work. I don't like the word epigenetics because genetics are BS too. But yeah. there's, as Bruce Lipton always said, when you're in love, you meet someone for the first time. He said, are you sick? You're not yeah. even you're still eating arsenic and dish soap and all that, but you're walking around. So there's I think they they all interact. And if you get in a deficient mental and physical state, you start to get a dis-ease, which your body is just telling you, right? It's time. Yeah. I think your background is great because there will be a lot of people saying, Who the hell is Tom Cowan think he is? He can come out with a new <laughs> yeah, right. medical. I curriculum. think that too. Yeah. But uh, let's take you back to, uh, I think you went to Michigan State, right, for yes. holistic medicine, but it wasn't really holistic. Can Take us back and tell, tell us how did this happen in your head? Because we all talk to, uh, I'm not going to name names, but there are certain allopathic doctors out there who are still talking nonsense, indoctrinated nonsense. You can show them mountains of evidence about the boogeyman, invisible, this and that, and they can't get it. 
how did you not fall into the trap? What happened? I mean, I I don't know exactly, but my you know my my going theory on this is, I grew up in a what I would call a Jewish ghetto. But you know, Jewish ghettos are a little bit more high. You know, like it was not a. Uh, I mean, I lived in a brick shack basically when I grew up. But but I my parents had a lot of friends, and we were in a kind of a group. And I'd say ten of these friends who I grew up with and played baseball with and played softball and basketball and went ice skating and everything. They were high-powered doctors. Like, as an example, one of them invented uh, the technique of doing laser surgery in gynecology, right? So that's a big, sh and he was well-known gynecologist all over Southern Michigan and probably further. Another was head of gynecology at, uh, sorry, head of oncology at, you know, a big me Detroit Metropolitan Hospital. Another one was a sort of well-known urologist and on and on and on. And so I grew up with these people. And, and one of the things I realized is like golf was everything to them. And I was the best golfer in the group. And in fact, they lived to win the club championship of this Jewish country club. And they wouldn't let me play until I was 15. Right. Because that's, you know, that's like and I was 15 and I came in and I won easily, like no problem. And I realized not I wouldn't say I was conscious then, but I I thought I the reason I won, not only was I certain skilled, but I, I could outthink them on the golf course. So I realized right then I would I, again, I don't know if I could have said it that these brilliant doctors, they, they were frauds because the thing they wanted most, not the gynecology, was to win the golf <laughs> The Jewish golf championship. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and, and so I, I went into this, you know, not having like awe of, like normal doctors and way they think and all that. And, and it's partly probably my nature, whatever that is. And so I just didn't buy it. And it, you, I just, you can't say that's not logical and expect me to just believe it. Now, the trick is you, when you learn medicine, you don't even realize that it's illogical. You just, you, you know, you just hear it and it seems right, but you, you don't know, they never go into like how this was found, right? And so you never actually get a chance to hear the logic. And so eventually as I went through, you know, how do you know the heart pumps the blood? They never talked about that. They just assume it's like God said the heart pumps the blood. So we all know it and know to ask why, because we don't know who, who said that or who discovered it or what their evidence was, nothing. They, you know, you ask your doctor, you know, how do they know there's viruses? They don't have a clue.
Yeah. Not a clue. Who 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 came up with the method? Who decided the heart is a pump? Who first identified DNA and how did they do it? If you go and read Watson and Crick's, you know, nature paper, you know, it's all about the spiraling of the double helix. And it says right in there, we assumed a a angle of what do you mean you assumed that's the whole point is to measure the angles so you can see what it is and I, I mean i never read nobody ever said you guys should read this stuff and figure out where this all came from so i mean i mean i, I hear i hear new age people saying we're going into a phase where we're going into 12 dimensional strand dna i'm like there's no proof there's even two of them <laughs> how are you gonna get 12 if you don't even know you actually have two <laughs> i mean it's pretty I, you dodgy know, you know i i heard the other day someone who was giving a talk i don't listen to many talks but they they talked about uh water which i like to talk about being able to what they called quantum bilocate right now uh, so here's the thing Quantum bilocate, anything with quantum supposedly is true, right? And bilocate means the thing, the thing is in two places at the same time. <laughs> I don't know about you, Steve, but as far as I've seen, there's nothing I know of that's in two places. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I asked her, how did they figure that out? And the answer, of course, no idea. So I went and looked at the study. I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about maybe magnetic field potential, you know, like the ether, if they're playing tug yeah. of war and you're in France and I'm in Denmark, we pull the rope and we move at the same time. But that's well, quantum physics is theoretical. Everything's a yeah. theory. It's modest. I, I keep saying, yeah, how, if it's true why is it theory it should be fact yeah. <laughs> but one model. of the things that interested me like you were talking about um so i used to work for the healthcare companies back in the 90s uh some very big ones i'm not going to name them on camera because i'm going to slag them off <laughs> i don't want to get sued but um we brought in the europeans won't understand this but you you would know the ppo model came in we had the hmos and the ppos basically what we did is because we're trying to make massive profits. So we say, well, Tom, you're charging too much for this visit or this or that. Um, we're going to regulate what money you get for the visit. But because you're on our list, we're going to send you 20 more patients than normal, you know, so you'll get more patients. And I'm sure there's bean counter actuaries somewhere who worked it out. Like, how do we get it, the deal sweet enough where he'll take it or she, but you know, <laughs> The problem was, as Andy Kaufman was saying, now some of these doctors see a patient for six minutes. And what I like about your story, if you could talk about it, is your approach is you need to talk to them for a lot more than that to get, as you say, to cut through the BS and find out what is really making you ill, right? How, how did you come up with that approach? And can you talk about that approach? Yeah. Um... I mean, it, it, there's some interesting things about that because I actually uh, don't agree that one of the problems with medicine is that doctors don't have time to see their patients. 
I it, I was in a group of about 70 doctors uh, a few years ago when I was still in California. And interestingly, the guy asked the group, 70 doctors, mostly middle-aged, you know, how many of you have children? Basically, everybody raised their hand. How many of you would want your child to go into medicine? Three raised their hand out of 70. So that tells you a lot right there. And then he went on about how medicine, he said, the reason you guys hate medicine so much, which most of them did, was because they don't give you time to be with your patients and really get to know them and find out what the problem is, et cetera, and all that. Sort of like what, what you were suggesting. Uh, I didn't say anything at the time because I didn't want to like get into it, but I don't, I actually don't agree with that. Now, here's why. Imagine you go to the doctor and you have a sore throat, right? The game the doctor plays is find the diagnosis, give match the medicine with the diagnosis or the procedure. That's it. That's that is the game they're playing. So person comes in, sore throat. Doctor thinks it's either strep, which I can find with a culture, mono, which you have to do a blood test, or it's a virus, don't worry about it. That's it. And so he does a throat culture, does a mono spot, and, and essentially does what the results tell him to do. If you said to that doctor, okay, you have uh, two days to talk to this person, and find out about their life and everything. After five minutes, he's got nothing to say to the person. No information. He doesn't care whether you have braces or you eat only donuts. Or he doesn't know anything about that. He doesn't care if your wife is beating you. He, none of that. It's either strep, mono, or get out of here. Right? That's all there is in life to him. So you could give him six weeks to be with that person, and he doesn't know, you know, anything more than in the first three minutes. So it, I don't think that solution would help, right? Because he doesn't, if you say, I have inflammation in my joints, it's either rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, lupus, or you're making it up. And so he does the blood test, gives you the drug based on what he finds, he doesn't care if you're eating crap and and never exercise, <laughs> right? Every once in a while, somebody will go rogue and say, you know, you should try to walk every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of fat. Yeah. <laughs> but we we were drilled into it's never the patient's fault. It doesn't matter what they don't say. It's because they do this or think that it's genes viruses or you know bacteria or bad luck that's it that's why people get sick so just figure out which of those so that model came about because of the way they do medicine and for whatever reason i re i just in medical school they they used to use me as a model for how to question people. Not that I, you know, I, I, but because a person would come in and I would say, walk me through the day. Okay, I wake up at seven and, and then uh, what do you eat then? 
I eat good food. I don't want to know that you eat good food. You tell me what you eat, and I'll decide whether it's good food. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just eat normal donuts, not powdered yeah. sugar on them. <laughs> right. So I would go through how they live. You know, what do you do? What do you think about? How are you getting along with your family? What kind of house do you got wallpaper on your on your house? You know, with somebody, what do you do with your lawn? Everything. So I wanted to know what, where, and out of that came this whole strategy of, and, you know, it does take a while, but it doesn't take as long as you think once you get good at it. You know, and then I, I learned from Carl Rogers, he was a sort of humanistic psychiatrist, that if you question people, but never ask them why, like, why do you have a sore throat? They don't know. And it gets them out of that intuitive side of their understanding. I got a sore throat yesterday. It hurts really bad. I go through when it happens, how it happens what it feels like, all the details, but it's my job to know why. And then I would tell the story back to them. So you said that you were fine and then you got a flu shot and next thing you know, you're paralyzed. Is that right? Yep, that's right. I think I know what happened to you. You got the flu shot paralyzed. <laughs> this is not Guillain-Barre syndrome. This is poisoning paralysis of your nerves uh of your yeah of your motor nerves from uh a poison and then and that's why there there's no compliance problem because the person inevitably says so how, you have to tell me how to get that poison out of my body got it which is a perfectly reasonable question right that's what i would ask yeah i see that's what happened to me uh, I shouldn't have only ate beets. Tell me what to eat. Fine. Here, do this. You'll be good. And right. It, it was so very they won't simple. Come to that conclusion, right? Until you walk them through it, it does never occurs to them. It might have been that shot yeah. or the beets, right? They, but they do know, don't they? Subconsciously, they know. you just have to unlock it, sort and, of. And you know how I knew Steve that they know. Uh, I, and again, I stole this from Carl Rogers. He said. If you're questioning somebody and you get to this point and then you say it back to them. So here's what they say. One of two, one of two things, which is I knew it. Two people told me it wasn't true. Right. And then the, the, the sort of coup de grace comes, they either start laughing or crying hundred percent almost. That because people say that it's like uh, they say <laughs> it's a release. Like I knew this was the problem. I mean, it's either funny or it's tragic. You know, sometimes it's sad because they went 20 years knowing that it was that flu shot that got them in the bad state. And every neurologist told them it wasn't. I've had story after story like that. And so, and, and I can't emphasize none of what i'm saying is theoretical right i'm not getting any theories of neurotransmitters and how nerves work it's this is what happened to you in your life we know that certain poisons cause neurological symptoms that's what happened to you
Exactly. I mean, I can tell too, you're, you're the kind of person who doesn't mind rocking the boat. And I think you actually get off on it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, but, uh, you know, you probably even piss off a lot of people in the homeopathic, naturopathic, because again, it's still a medicine based thing about the symptoms. Sometimes, you know, what you're saying is let's get to the cause. Like, you know, who, who cares about the disease or the treatment right now? What, what is this? And that's the problem we don't get with most medical systems, even the allo or the homeopathic. It's still a medicine-based, uh, you know, doctoring. Would you agree with that? Or what? What's yeah, different I mean, about your program than like someone says? Well, I got a naturopath or a homeopath. What would be different with the new biology curriculum? Yeah, I mean, most naturopaths and you know, Chinese medicine, homeopath. I don't want to overgeneralize here, but. They basically believe in the disease model. They believe in the categorization of diseases. And then they'll have a slightly different view of the cause of that depression, like it's your liver flow or chi in your liver, which, and, and I, I think you can't build a healthy medical system based on flawed thinking. And there is no disease hep C or or depression, or even cancer. It's not like we think it is. Now, homeopathy is a little different because you could say the story is the plant. So if you take the belladonna, it makes your eyes wide open, et cetera, and sore throat. If somebody comes in with that story, that is their medicine. And that is the diagnosis. Uh, that's what now, why they got that is they don't get into that. And so we would. But I mean, homeopathy is is a profound way of seeing, you know, the interaction of the net of the world outside and a human being or an animal. So I mean, I, and so is Chinese medicine, you know, they're talking about energy flows. But I, I do think it needs to be taken this further step, which is, you know, what happened to the person? Because I can tell you 35 years of doing this, you know, every week, practically, the thing that helped people the most was telling their story and hearing it uh, spoken back to them in a way that makes them understand, now I know what happened to me. It was the most profound thing I ever did, more than medicines, exercise, diet, anything. Because then they did things differently, you know, whatever it was that needs to be changed insofar as they could, they would change it. Yeah, I think that's one of the problems we have is we're disempowered when we go to allopathic doctors. Yeah. They don't tell you what's wrong and how you should help yourself or that you're the cause. Like you said, if you don't tell that person, you're the reason you're like that. It's the donuts you eat every morning. And right. You know, stop taking a shower with an, a neon orange shower gel. Look at the back, dum-dum. <laughs> you don't think that's going in your skin. Uh, so I think what you're saying, yeah, one of the things is, uh, what's the old saying, physician heal thyself, you know, yeah, I like that, that approach that you're participating in your own healing. And actually, that will bring us to um, so we I, are, it, doctors well, are actively discouraged from doing that. Why? Why? <laughs> well, a that 
the teachers of medicine don't know anything about it themselves. So they would be exposed, right? Nobody wants to be exposed. Like you, if you say, to, do you think that neon soap gel is bad for it? He doesn't even know what that means. So he would be exposed at not knowing his business. And second of all, uh, what would happen is people would be empowered to change things for themselves and, you know, and therefore not be interested in taking stuff to suppress their symptoms. I mean, the way I see it, it should be extremely rare, and I mean extremely rare, for a person to be taking a pharmaceutical drug. I mean, I would go months without prescribing a single one. I mean, even a year, not one because nobody needed nobody needed and yet most people are on you know 2 10 6 whatever every day of their life so they don't i mean they've been they've been brainwashed into not thinking about reality and they just their whole life is theoretical models which they don't even understand how they came about yeah, exactly. I noticed that even when I go home to the States, you know, to visit my family, they're all on 20 pills of this, that, and the other. Like, you know, in, in Denmark, it's people aren't really so pharma crazy, but they're still on them here. But yeah. they're on for everything. And I'm like, why? Just take a nap, dude. Open the window, you know, like right. drink some water. Um, but that brings us uh, so you in, in your new curriculum, you had these four assumptions or tenants, I would call them. And the number one is what you're talking about. And you said the body is self-healing, self-regenerating. That's one of the principles, right, of this new biology. Because people are going to say, what? What do you mean new biology? What yeah. new biology? <laughs> what are you talking? What's new about biology, right? Right. Well, it's a new understanding. But it's it's actually, in some ways, it's a misnomer because it's an old understanding that has been forgotten and we went into this cell dna human living beings are chemistry sets and we're not and that's the problem so we went into this model based theoretical stuff which uh isn't working and so yes how do i know that the body is self-regenerating you get a cut it heals yeah <laughs> that's it exactly yeah and tc fry and herbert shelton they were talking uh what was her name florence florence nightingale yeah she just opened the windows and let some fresh air and there's like yeah. 30 guys breathing out and farting toxins all over each other and she opens the window and they all get better yeah no medicine just fresh yeah. air right so you're right this has been known i think the other thing too i can remember growing up we always had like grandma's remedies, you know, like, oh, you, you uh, take some castor oil and, you know, you get the like uh, diuretics and stuff. It's like the grandma recipes have still been there all along and they work. That's another reason, you know, this works. Yeah. It's because grandma's recipe works and your drugs don't. You're, you're on those drugs for life and they yeah. want you that way. You're not on castor oil for life. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The allopathic drugs quote work by suppressing your body's healing mechanisms. You know, it's the you get a splinter in your finger, you take this the pus comes to get it out, 
they give an antibiotic because they think the pus is the disease. And it's just, and that's bronchitis and pneumonia. They think the cough is the disease. It's not, it's the healing mechanism. So new in new biology, it's, it's really getting away from that understanding of what the human being is. And then the treatments should all, insofar as possible, work with what your body is trying to do. Your body is trying to cough, you make it easier to cough. That's it. Yeah, I think cancer is the number one offender of that because that has the biggest victim mentality. I I caught cancer. <laughs> You're like, yeah. there's not cancer flying around and you were the unlucky one who caught it. Yeah. You, you have something in your body that you're, needs to be protected and wrapped up and you have tumors. And, um, and, and that's one of the things I learned from a guy called, a biochemist called George Washington Carey, Dr. Carey. He's, and this is one of your tenants. Uh, he said, your symptom is not a disease. It's a communication strategy in a way right. of your body telling you, hey, something's in balance here. Something's wrong. And if you don't feel this pain, you won't know it. And you'll just carry on yeah. doing what you're doing. Is, do you agree with that? A hundred percent. Symptoms are communication strategies. And it's just like, if you go through your life every time, your friends and your partner and your wife and husband or whatever wants to say something to you. And you say, no, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, you're not going to have a good life. And yeah. that's what we're doing with our body. We're trying, we're saying, we don't want to hear about what you have to say. And so if you're lucky, the body will keep saying it. If you're not lucky, the body will say, this guy, this person doesn't listen. I'm, 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 I'm out of here. And yeah. then you're in real trouble. Especially that's the dangers of stuff like ivermectin, for example. Yeah, you feel better, but that's because, you know, it stopped you from detoxing the toxins. Yeah. Well, the, the danger is, yeah, you might be able to go another year. Now you've got ivermectin and you, which is highly toxic. Go on to pub cam. It says it right there. Don't eat this stuff. But the problem is the next time you're going to take ivermectin again, because you're going to go, it worked last time. Yeah. You know, and you do that three times in a row and then you're, you're looking at some, you know, you're in trouble down the yeah. road. I think that's one of the problems. Um, so for this curriculum, and, and, and the interesting yeah. point about that is these are philosophical questions, right? This is about the conception of reality that you have. And they have a different conception. They think if it stops the symptoms, that's good. Doesn't matter. It's just good. And that's a very short-sighted, inaccurate view of, of, of life. Yeah, because the symptom is actually a result of healing, yeah. but we keep calling it, as you said, you call, if you call the healing, the disease, yeah. then you take a medicine to what you think is attacking disease. You're actually attacking the healing, right. <laughs> which that's is, it. that's the dumbest thing you could ever do in your life. But we all do that. Yeah, or we, we all did. do it. So who's this new biology curriculum? It's not for people like me. I'm not a doctor. Who is this for? And then how does this work? Like, so will people be able to find your network and then, you know, say they don't want to go to an allopathic quack or something? How does this all work, what you're setting up? I mean, the idea was, you know, before I die, I should probably uh, systematically teach this method, 
I mean, it still sounds a little arrogant to me, but anyways, so I was convinced that I should do it. And so essentially teaching people who want to be, you know, some sort of practitioner and maybe even people who just want to learn about health and healing. Uh, and so there's a systematic approach, you know, how do you talk to people? What, what do you think when somebody comes in with a sore throat? Like what's going on? Is it a virus, right? You know, is it strep, you know, or is it the braces which change the metallic, you know, field in your mouth, you know, and then you've got degraded tonsils and then the bacteria eat them. Then, so you go through how to think about all these different disease sort of modules, you know, and we, we have group sessions and talk about it and talk to people individual, individually if they need to get it. And by the end of that, you should have a pretty good understanding of, of how to think about this uh, biology, what's wrong with the old one, how to study it, a basic understanding. And then if you're a practitioner, how to implement this into your practice and get out of this $5,000 of lab tests and functional, it's your zinc and your hair and all this theoretical model-based stuff, which doesn't do anybody any good. Right. And then, so you will have a network, like, for example, if we want to find one of your yeah, trained right. doctors in our area so we can go on there and, yeah. and find them, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a massive endeavor. <laughs> it's like, good on you for doing it, man. But <laughs> it's, it's my son thing. who really, he, he, <laughs> he he's the driving for i wouldn't do anything if it was me. <laughs> yeah. well i think it's great like we said you know when we started um people are looking for solutions we're in a very i think what you could call a scary time for some people and we're yeah. in a very exciting time for me where we're seeing i think it's I feel blessed to be alive in a time where I can see that there are going to be major paradigm shifts happening. Yeah. Uh, not that we can ever win or lose. Everything's a polarity. But if we don't let them do what they're doing, uh, I see a wonderful time ahead for us. Yeah. If stuff like this happens and more people get on board, what kind of reaction are you getting from like allopathic doctors? Is it good? I mean, I don't, I don't, they ignore me. So I don't <laughs> But you have people signing up and stuff. Yeah, we have people signing up. And, you, you know, it's it's interesting we say that because a lot of times I will say, like, I'll be very critical of existing systems, whether it's Social Security, medicine, a whole lot of things. I mean, I, I'm, I don't like most of it. And then people say, well, yeah, but what are you going to replace it with? And it's in some ways a good question. In some ways, it's the wrong question. Because my tendency is to say, I don't have to worry about that. I'm just going to say what I think. And then people will, will individually and collectively start sorting it out. And if somebody comes up with a solution to you know poverty, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be right. <laughs> there are, you know, a, a millions of solutions uh, and millions of solutions to what should I do to be a healthier, happier person? You don't need me to say, now I can 
give you a certain framework to get out of the old. That's the main thing is get out of the old, think differently, see what's real, start there, then you'll figure it out. You don't need, we don't need some other top-down solution to this, whatever our problems are. Yeah, and I think it is always personalized, just the same with illness, you know, it's, you and I could have the same dis-ease, and it could be a totally different cause. Totally different And and I've been saying that too, because uh, there was a guy, Buckminster Fuller, Yeah, and he always said, you do not defeat a system by attacking it. He says, you put your energy into making a new system that's better, that makes the old one obsolete so that people will come to your system. And I've been telling people recently, you know, I've been saying, if you're building a house, we're out building a new house on the land, but we've got an old decrepit shed in the back. Well, we're men. We can only do one thing at a time anyway. And the women can maybe do two, but we cannot build a house and knock down a shed at the same time. So are we going to build a house? Are we going to put the tools down and go knock down the shed? And I see a lot of that happening, even in the movement you and I are involved in with the terrain versus that thing. I'm going to keep this YouTube friendly. Um, To me, I'm not attacking the Kennedys and Malones and all that. That's knocking down the shed. I'm saying, go ahead, do that. I'm going to show you what's up. And that's where my energy has gone. I don't care what Malone's saying. I don't give a you know, you yeah. can say all you want, McCullough. To me, if these dudes don't get it, I don't want to be associated with them. I'm not even going to give them energy. Yeah. No, so exactly. that's what I like what you're doing. You're saying, screw this. Lanka did the same. He said, I already debunked the, the boogeyman. So I don't need to be in the future movement to keep debunking the boogeyman. I did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's right. like, what do we do now? I mean, we're still, I think we need to still point out to people the flaws in that way of thinking. I mean, but but I I totally get it. And which is why we we you can't also sell this and by being angry and upset all the time and unhappy and unhealthy and pissed off, you know, and world sucks and everybody <laughs> sucks and and here come and join me. <laughs> why? <laughs> let's all be miserable together yeah. like, like i don't like i'm not joining you 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 know but that's anyways yeah yeah lead by example are you doing anything else tom are you writing any new books or uh, anything else we can look forward to uh no books right now uh not not particularly i'm just right yeah i mean i'm really getting I, you know i'm getting sick of talking about the boogeyman but i agree with you it's still yeah. we, we need to pursue it but a little bit um you know i'm i'm getting in, interested in like like what you're talking about the heart it's not a pump you know what we call immune immune systems or cancer metabolic function there's it's all bs you know all you BS. can even you can control your breathing and change your heart rate so that's proof right there. Your heart's not pumping or else how is your mind and breath like changing? Lines? Yeah. <laughs> if the heart's just doing it, then how yeah. come you can just relax and change your breathing and change it? Like, come on. Well, you know, I, I, I recently got into this thinking about the, the cancer because that comes up a lot in the clinic and in the curriculum. Uh, it's an interesting uh, pr- thought process because they say everybody knows cancer is when the cell there's a mutant cell right because it's got a mutation 
and the cell is all messed up. It's got funky number of chromosomes and it's misshapen, et cetera. And it grows way too fast and overtakes the rest of the system, right? That's basically cancer. So I thought about this. Imagine something that's all broken, like a car. Somebody comes in, yeah, the, you know, my car's all broken. The engine's in three pieces and the steering wheel's in the trunk and the tires are flat and somebody cut the brake cables. And so you say, yeah, well, how's it running? Oh, runs three times faster than a normal car. You'd say, wait a minute. <laughs> so how is it that this broken, dysfunctional, mutated, abnormal chromosome cell is able to grow three times faster than a healthy cell? <laughs> I, I don't think that's right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Nobody ever questioned that. And, you know, that's just the fact that and, and everybody's treatment, holistic and and conventional is killing these fast growing cells. Right. Going to kill them because they're growing too fast. I think the cells are just the excretion products of the tissue. Yeah, we don't even like Hillman said, we don't even know if there are cells because we yeah. can't look at them in a body. Right. I, I think I heard you say to Abby, Eddie Bravo, you know, if I chop your hand off and then mush it up into a million pieces and look into yeah. a microscope, I can't figure out how a hand works. So, yeah, are there even cells? We know there's red blood cells. We can see those, the bigger ones in white, maybe. But we don't even know if what's inside them is what we say is inside them. Yeah, Let but even a red blood cell... Way. Is is really an oxygen delivery apparatus? Bubble or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I think yeah. these cells are just excretion products, which is why they're not going anywhere. They're not even dividing. See, cancer is a weird one. Maybe I'd like your opinion on this. So I'm with you that I think if you have garbage in your body it's wrapping them up with what we call tumors to make sure maybe the garbage, the garbage bag. So it doesn't yeah. spread all over. And right. I know like when the doctor takes a biopsy, it's like they basically pop a hole in the protective thing. And then all the poisons get out and Oh my God, it's spreading and metastasizing. Yeah. You're like, that's cause you popped the hole in it. But a lot of like um, the Taoist cancer treatments, they're still about attacking the tumor, even uh, using like um uh, castor oil or serpentine yeah. you know to, um so do you really want to attack a tumor what's your opinion on that you know are you really trying to get the poison out from inside or do you want to be messing with tumors so my conclusion right now and i would this is the part that i would say is speculation not fact is we're made of tissue and Tissue is always, you know, it's always dying and regrowing, just like normal. And so it, at the periphery of this tissue, it forms little cells. And those slough off, and then you get new tissue. If the tissue, like your liver, is poisoned, it obviously will make more faster cells that are not the right kind of, like, nice little bags of garbage. Like, the, the, the normal ones are just bags of healthy excretion products. These ones are abnormal, misshapen, toxic stuff. And then the more you put in poisons, the faster that, quote, cells will form 
as your body tries to detoxify. And then it isn't that those cells travel through the blood and go to your spleen. It's that the liver is full and then the spleen is the next site. Just like if you put garbage in your house, you put it in a bag and that's fine. You take it out to the curb. But if you put twice as much, you got twice as many bags and then eventually you put it in your spare bedroom and et cetera. And then it goes in your kitchen and then you're dead. So it's not a bad idea to take stinky garbage out of your house, right? Like that's fine. Uh, but don't, don't think that you've solved the problem. All you've done is given your house a little bit of a breather so that you can, you know, maybe stop doing that and making more stinky garbage. So I think that's why you, some, you, you know, surgery and getting rid of tumors sometimes helps just because it, it lessens the burden. But right. Yeah. I could also see, you know, there are situations where the tumors in your brain and it's so big, it's starting yeah. to press against other right. areas where it's dangerous to, I, I can see sometimes there is yeah. a need for surgery, but usually right. not. Yeah. Right. So not. there's sometimes it's a physical, like pressing pressure or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's also the same with DNA. And Oh, by the way, I saw you, uh, you read uh, Tracy Northern did a paper on uh, yeah. the amino age. She, it's a girl, by the way. I, you weren't sure if it's a he yeah. or she. She's actually my co-author. I'm going to put a shameless plug in. Oh wow! <laughs> she did all the illustrations for our children's book, The Dukes of Dents, which is on all Amazon. But she's a wonderful artist and a brilliant researcher. So yeah, she is brilliant uh, researcher and writer. Amazing person. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I've learned a lot. She's one of my yeah. teachers as well. So. Excellent. Well, we won't keep this too long, Tom. Right. I just want to say it's a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, I've... all right, Steve, <laughs> it's great to talk again. Thanks for excellent. Doing it. We'll we'll speak again, and I'll see you at the end of COVID. We're both in the uh, the yeah. upcoming end of COVID series, so looking forward to that too. All right, Steve. Thank you. All right, thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Okay. Bye bye. Well, anybody have any comments on that? That was pretty interesting. Um, I love Space Busters. <laughs> Nobody? Nothing? Okay. Well, anyway. Um, I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward, really. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, when they're talking about tumors, you know, what I've seen is you give the body the stuff it needs to fix itself and it makes the tumors go away. And the only thing that I may tend to agree with is in, in certain cases where a tumor is putting a lot of pressure on something and causing like uh, vision issues or something like that, uh, it may be advantageous to operate, get the tumor out. So, because it may take, a long time for it to go away on on its own but um i would try the first you know try working on it first and seeing what happens and see if it starts to shrink um and you know see what timing looks like if it looks like it's shrinking fairly fast and it's taking pressure off and no need for surgery but um 
you know, it's always best to err on the side of caution first and foremost and, you know, get into the nasty stuff as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how he's saying, you know, that in a doctor's appointment, you know, they give you about 30 seconds before they yeah. cut you off and, and all that. And I thought, boy, that's that's true. Yep. And really, they're really going to categorize it a b or c or or it's in your head or whatever real fast instead of really figuring out what's going on with you you know yeah they're going to basically force you into their box right right. rather than listening and having an open mind they're automatically going to lock you into this little diagnostic box that this is what it is based on their indoctrination and training yeah which he really didn't say though um as he had treated people the last several years or worked with them. I mean, he did say, yeah, he went for a long time without even writing a script, but he really didn't talk about uh, supplements either, other than, you know, he doesn't think you need to figure out if you're low in this, that, or the other. So it's like uh, what he just basically listened to people and helped them (laughs) to figure out what was going on. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, one of those things where nobody has the whole answer that's what seems to be definitely the the case and they're they know something's wrong but they're not looking at all the options and they haven't seen wallach's research apparently about the 90 essential nutrients so they're 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 looking at it from the fractionated nutrition standpoint um which, you know, it's always best to give everything. That way you're making sure you're covering all the bases. And if you think you're del- you know, deficient in one thing, you know, and you only give that one thing, then you run into the problem where there are so many different nutrients, especially minerals, that balance one another out, like selenium and copper. If you give selenium without giving copper, you're going to end up one too high and one too low. Um so there's there's a, another issue that you know they can just be exacerbating a problem without knowing it and mm-hmm. that's why you know I really like Wallach's approach as far as nutrition goes because you cover all the bases in a broad spectrum thing. I also love the fact that we're seeing the results that we're seeing with the Iteracare wands that we had only seen in the previous times from the good quality nutrition. And that's what just amazes me Uh, with the video we listened to um, on Monday. I mean, uh, Nancy had so many different things. They were all nutritional deficiency diseases. And even though nobody ever said anything to her about nutrition and she wasn't supplementing from the sounds of it, uh, she was getting great results in reversing those issues that we've never seen other than when someone gets on board the nutrition train. And that just blows me away especially from the standpoint that of expense, you know, 380 bucks for a classic wand and you can help yourself and everybody else in the household, friends, family, whatever. But, you know, usually most people are going to need close to a 200 pound dose. And if you throw in a few secret sauces, you're getting up to where your, your monthly auto ship could be easily double what you're paying for one classic wand. 
and you're paying it every single month as opposed to, you know, just once and buying the one. Now, I'm still saying that the best of both worlds is to do both, um, but many people just can't financially uh, swing that. So if you can get great results using the wand, <laughs> hey, it's hard, it's hard to talk against it. So I think that's hey, rather interesting. Hey, Sarge. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, what I like about those guys is that you know they're they're turning this conventional thinking on its head and and you know exposing a lot of it, and uh, you know I, I think they reach a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt. Um, slow but sure, you know that's the thing. And you know, like I said, what's his chops with Space Busters? I mean, he's putting out videos all the time, and once somebody has gone there and you know had a sip from that well <laughs> you know it's like you know taking a drink from a fire hose but you keep going back for more because it makes so much sense it's like i, yeah, I love he's, uh, he's big into into cell salts too um he's got a, a video on that that's pretty extensive hmm. and uh so you know i i'm i can't recall how much he's talked about you know minerals in general but um i i do believe though that he's in the same camp yeah i would think you know eventually you know the the path has to lead you in that direction if you stay on it long enough well you're, you're i mean if your body's talking to you mm -hmm. right, and you're looking for answers and you know you take some minerals you know and things get better imagine you know, symptoms that. go away yep. <laughs> yeah it's uh, so it maybe there is something to this <laughs> exactly maybe it's just not just expensive urine you know? <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's how you know for me that was when i did plant derived minerals it was like night and day oh yeah you know uh it, it was like my energy level just spiked and the funny thing is is when you do the majestic earth minerals that longevity has compared to anything else out there the difference is like night and day. You know, I know of people that have uh, gotten one of Doc's tapes that somebody else gave them when they were trying to sell their own stuff. And they bought that product and had no results at all. And then they figured out it wasn't Doc's product, so they tracked Doc down and got his. And in no time at all, like a couple of doses, like, whoa, man, this is amazing. Well, yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, you, you've had the testimony about your stomach acid for, oh, man, <laughs> and, you know, I, I had the same issue. I didn't have it as long as you did, but, you know, uh, basically they keep pushing the same things, you know, oh, well, you know, you've got high stomach acid, yeah, Prilosec, and oh, yeah, well, you've got anxiety, and <laughs> oh, you know, oh, yeah, well, your blood sugar's a little bit high, oh, on and on and on, you know, yeah. and there's a pill for everything. Oh, yeah. And the pills usually cause more of the problems, you know. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, blood pressure meds and statin drugs will cause you to become type 2 diabetic, uh, usually within two to five years. You know, those kind of things. It's just, you know, it just it, it stacks up one on top of the next. And before you know it, you've got a whole ration of stuff and you're, on, you're hooked for life and you can't get off that roller coaster. And it's... it's yeah. It's it, but sad for me. It, it, it's once you understand, though, you know, how how the body works from the time you take food in. Right. How it goes down the esophagus into the stomach, what the stomach's supposed to do. 
right? Mm-hmm. What yep. what the duodenum is supposed to do, what, what the small intestine is supposed to do, what the large intestine, you know, when you start to figure all that out, okay, a lot of their pills and stuff don't make any sense. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, my you know? goodness. And that's what they rely on. They want you to be the guy, you know, the, the patient who never questions anything. Yep. Just give me the pill. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, but, but, you know, when, if people are smart and they start figuring things out, you know, all of a sudden they don't need old Mr. MD anymore. Yeah. You know, funny, a friend of mine just uh, ended up in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, um, had a, an issue where his, uh, he, he has AFib and it, it kicked in and caused him all kinds of issues. And he was, it was going on for, you know, several, you know, like 30 some hours and he goes to this hospital, goes to the, and they check him in and they put him on a new medication and, uh, the, the doctor, well, it's a nurse practitioner is going in circles. You know, you can't, you have to take this, uh, you know, first off he refused to take statins and they had him mm-hmm. on a, um, some sort of a, a blood thinner, I believe. And he had a stint installed some time ago and they said that you know you have to keep taking this because of your stint and so it's the stint that's the problem well it's also the afib well which is it <laughs> you know and they would never they would never answer his questions straight and it was funny because the nurse in the room is just sitting there listening to what's going on and after the doctor left they came over and said, you know, you really have to be your own advocate. You got to sit up there and ask questions and don't just, you know, blindly follow whatever these people tell you because he does not want to take a bunch of meds. And, you know, they, you know, the nurse said flat out, you know, it's refreshing to have someone like you in here because most people, that's exactly what they want. Just give me another pill so I can keep doing the stupid things I keep doing. And, you know, if my blood sugar's up, give me a pill to make it come down. If my blood pressure's up, give me a pill to make it come down. I want to keep living my crappy lifestyle and not make any changes and not be responsible for my own health. I just want you to give me a pill. And that's the way most people hooked to the allopathic horse are, are acting. And it's just a sad, sad situation where people don't have enough concern about their own health to ask questions and say, why do I have to be on this stuff? And is it right for me? Is it doing the good thing? You know, is it going to fix the problem? Then can I stop taking it? Or am I going to be on it forever? What are the side effects? Nobody asks those questions. They, Give me the pill and I'll be happy. That's yeah, just like Tom Cowan, Cowan said, you know, yeah. these they, 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 they suppress, you know, something that your body's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all they that's, do. They they poison biochemical pathways, and and you know basically a poison the body response. It's nuts. Yeah, and, and then, you know if if you like you said if you've done some research, you know, and and you've looked into the, you know, fortunately the Space Busters has done quite a bit of research when it comes to the history of the AMA mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. And so you know if you you know you put two and two together. You know, and you're going, well, these guys are just, I mean, there isn't any, I don't believe anything they have to say. Yeah, they're a bunch of shysters. Yeah. They've le- legislated themselves into a protected monopoly, so they get c- get to control everybody else out there. 
And it's like, who died and made you God, you know? That's uh, why I think that uh, that Steve Falconer and, and, and his partner uh, in making the videos in Space Busters have been so effective because, you know, they, they've, they've basically taught you, you know, to, to look at, you know, where this stuff comes from. Yeah. They get people to look outside the box and, and actually ask questions. Don't just go along to get along and believe what people tell you. And, you know, that's the, that's, that's the beginning. You know, once people start asking questions in one area of their life, they can't help but start asking questions in other areas, too. Pretty right. soon, the veil starts getting pulled back farther and farther. And next thing you know, you got another person who's now awake. And, uh, yeah, that's and, that, and that's why these want. guys, you know, that, that's why they're, you know, dead set against, you know, people like Cowan and uh, Kaufman and mm -hmm. Amanda Vollmer. And we know, have to uh, control this stuff on the internet, this misinformation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Steve Falconer, I, I mean, yep. Falconer has been extremely effective. Mm -hmm. uh, his, his videos. Have Jerry been Day. Just, <laughs> just, and Jerry Day. Yep. You know, just spot on, you know. And, 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 you know, and they just, all they want to do is, is badmouth these people. And it's like, well, you know, because they're, you know, they're over the target. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's all they do is badmouth them. They can never give any specific instances or, uh, information as to what this person's doing. That's so bad. Uh, what, uh, makes this misinformation other than just you're saying it is, um, they can't give any substance and proof, substantive proof of any of the stuff they're alleging. They just make the allegations because most people are stupid enough to believe them. And yeah, and you know, like uh, you, you were talking about the Iteracare one, and you know, there was a video uh, that I watched. Oh, it was about three years ago now, I think. Uh, fellow's name was uh, Dr. Jerry Tennant, and he. Uh, was an ophthalmologist, but uh, he had, for some odd reason, um, he had encountered some kind of a, a problem. He was working on one of his patients and uh, encountered a, a big health issue and uh, couldn't find a way to fix it, you know, went to all kinds of doctors and everything. And uh, one of them just basically sent him home to die. And so uh, he uh, started to work with this thing that came out of Germany. Uh, this guy uh, invented this voltage type device and uh, similar to what you're talking about with the Itericare, you know, and so uh, he uh, perfected this. He, he worked on it himself uh, and uh, perfected it and um, sells them, uh, you know, he sells these things. But he, the video is called Voltage is Hearing, uh, Healing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the idea... The idea is that, you know, uh, if you have low voltage somewhere in your body, that is the expression of disease. Right. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, and so uh, by by correcting that voltage, your problem goes away. Yeah, that's where right. um, that's one of the ways that colloidal silver helps things, especially like in a burn situation. You have. Um, uh nerves in the skin that have been damaged so the voltage isn't flowing like it should which causes pain and that's how um, compresses and uh, silver line bandages and things like that uh, when when applied to uh, third degree burns and, and severe skin damage can reduce the pain because it reestablishes the current flow and gets everything going uh, back 
as close to normal as possible. And it's one of the few things that people that are severely burned can, can utilize that will help ease the pain. Yeah. And, now for me, I try to put two and two together. So, you know, whenever I hear something about voltage, you know, cause we are electrical beings, right? So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now, uh, according to the, his videos, the cells are supposed to operate at about 0.75, uh, negative 0.75 millivolts. And it's, it's so really low. If yeah. Not, if they're, if they're not operating at that, in that range, then that's where you start having issues. Well, you know, also, you know, the minerals that you're talking about, I think, also help mm-hmm. with the very same thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They help to regulate, you know, the the cell so that it can produce the proper voltage. Right. Because they all, they also have, what do they call them, cations? Isn't mm-hmm. that it? Anions, yeah. cations. Yeah, and those have a, those have a, a, a charge associated with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Electrolytes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you put two and two together and, you know, it all kind of leads to what I was saying yesterday. It's like, you know, it it, it all leads to uh, to the same the same in the same direction. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the uh, Itericare wand is doing, I think, the very same thing that uh, Dr. Jerry Tennant's talking about. And 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 also the the benefit that you get from vitamins and minerals. Well, it's also establishing uh, proper cellular vibration. And yeah, there you go. That's the, uh, because everything has a vibration, a frequency, and it just so happens that the terahertz frequencies coming from the wands are the same frequencies the cells need to be at when they're healthy. And that's one of the big things, because when the cells are healthy, they can engage more effectively in the healing process. Yeah, and that's if, exactly if what those. Thinking, uh, of, thinking of it as a pyramid, I, I guess I would I would think that, you know, uh, the Itericare wand would be right at the top of the pyramid, because you know it's it's producing a terahertz, which you know I don't know mm-hmm. of anything else that does that. <laughs> it's up there, and you know that's that's the beauty of the thing is it's because it's it's giving the cells exactly what they need. It's a very broad spectrum approach that allows the cells to then you know cover everything cover all the bases that's what i like so much about be about the itera care process is things like you know like the rife machines uh, things like that where you have right. to base and the, the heelys you've got to dial in specifically for your you know your you know what you believe is the problem you got to dial it in if you don't hit the bullseye no results but with this right. thing, you're just giving the cell the the cells what they need, and then they just turn around and fix whatever problems they got. You know, it doesn't make any difference. You know, from from that point forward, and that's why people see such broad spectrum results. And uh, you know, the other day I had somebody uh, send me an email said, "Do you have any videos that you know prove how the, the prove that this thing works?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> why don't you take a look at uh, Prife uh, live stream number fifty-five from uh, Sunday that we played on Monday, and with uh, with Nancy and um, Angel. I mean, there's a couple of people that just had a boatload of stuff, and all of it went away just using this wand. I mean, if that doesn't give you something to think about, you know, I don't know what will." Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's kind of like where you were at too with your health, you know. Mm-hmm. When you when you got away from the MDs and you said, okay, look, you know, 
I've got to do something different. And, and so, you know, you started on this journey and the vitamins and minerals and stuff. And, and, you know, that was the ticket, right? Oh, well, maybe. It, it, yeah. And it's kind of the same, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing in that, you know, you have to get away from this, you know, these allopaths, that, that way of thinking, you know, and, you know, realize that, you know, uh, if you give your body what it needs, that you're going to, you're going to be fine. Yep. And, uh, this is, uh, something that, that you posted on your, uh, telegram channel. I just came across and I redid it on mine. Uh, epigenetics, the science is proving that our body's ability to heal and repair itself is greatly affected by our beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and intentions for they have found or have a profound vibrational effect upon our continually evolving genetic code. DNA activation is our software upgrade. Um, and of course, Wallach wrote the book Epigenetics, The Death of the Genetic Theory of Disease Transmission. And in that book, it basically proves that there's no such thing as a genetic illness. And on top of that, it addresses the same kind of things. And that's what I've been saying all along. When people, you know, when you look at the germ theory, people think they get sick because, oh, here comes a snotty-nosed little kid. He's going to give me a hug, and I'm going to have a cold or flu in a day or two. And lo and behold, they end up with one. It's not because they got some germ from that kid. It's because their mind told them because of all the lifetime of programming they have that when they're exposed to something like that, they're going to get sick. And boom, they do. And all it is is a seasonal detox that they were primed for anyway. And the little mental push that shoved them over the edge into, you know, seasonal detox city. And people don't realize how powerful the mind is and yeah, people run to these doctors for like anything now. oh yeah you know? <laughs> I mean, oh i stubbed my toe i better go get i got a hangnail yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me a break it's unbelievable yeah well you know and if they want to do that that's up to them if the thing is is you have to figure out whether or not they're doing it because they really have that they need that fix or if they're just doing it out of ignorance and programming, and will they be able to overcome that if they're given enough information to show that, hey, that's not what you need. You actually need something different, and then you kind of kind of lead them in the right direction. But I give them just enough to see whether or not they're willing to look for anything more. Oh, yeah. If they're not, see, you have a nice life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. wasting my time. But weird thing about that sarge is that it's hard to believe how many people are just so you know indoctrinated wrapped around the axle as i like to say unbelievable you know it's terminally it's it's, uh it's an epidemic (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) of ignorance it really is you know and you know the the thing is you have to separate the ignorant from the stupid you can't fix stupid but ignorance can be educated and yeah. you know, once you determine which is which, you know, it's a triage effort. Uh, you figure out, you know, get them in two separate groups. One group, you say, have a nice life. And the other group, you start to educate and see how far along you can lead them. But, yeah. But see, for me, I, I take a little bit of every, you know, of everything from all different, you know, kinds of different sources. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I try to do it that way and, you know, uh, just reaffirm, I think. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the way you need to be because I get, I love this stuff. You know, like I said, I was talking last week, uh, 
we were at uh, our church with uh, they had vacation Bible school, and somehow or another, the topic of my niece came up, who had the uh, glioblastoma, which is a gallium deficiency. And you know, they said, "How how old is she?" And I said, "She was 24," and. You know, she passed, you know, shortly two years or so after diagnosis because she wouldn't listen to me. And I could just see the look in these people's faces, you know. These people that diagnosed her are doctors. You know, how could, why should they listen to you? (laughs) You know, and the thing is, is doctors are educated or indoctrinated in one specific area, which is witchcraft and sorcery. And they have they don't there's no way possible anybody in the world can have a total grasp on medicine in general and what to do for certain things and unfortunately what people don't realize is mds are relegated to the area that deals with trauma cases and that's Mm -hmm. it you know basically and why on earth you know like i said it's all the programming over years and years and years watch marcus welby and dr quinn medicine woman and all the rest that you have to go to the medical deity. And even though they are totally clueless about what causes the problem and what makes it go away, all they have is yeah. drugs and surgery. <laughs> and yeah, it's like people, people can't man, get that. that. Some of these people that are working in these hospitals these days, they, they look like the people that you find at Walmart at midnight or something. Mm-hmm. And the thing <laughs> that gets me, you know, I can sit there and I can tell them honestly, I said, look, You know, these people are programmed in nothing more than drugs. They don't know what causes anything. They don't what makes it cures anything. They just know what treats it or or manages it. I have had more success than any MD I've ever run into in helping diabetics become former diabetics and helping relieve the um, so-called genetic high blood pressure and making it go back to normal in helping people that had, you know, were blind from macular degeneration to get them back where they could read the paper without glasses. Oh, yeah. As a retired cop, you know. Yeah. And when I was a little kid, you know, everybody, what do you want to be? I want to be a doctor. Well, in a way, (laughs) without (laughs) becoming one, I've uh, gone beyond that. Because I didn't get stuck into that, you know, square peg in a square hole situation where nothing else is allowed to be looked at and considered. I got into the open mind format where we look at everything and see what works for this. And it makes so much more sense. But unfortunately, in the virtually all professions are the same way. The higher Mm -hmm. you get up, the more restricted you become in what you're allowed to think. Right. And well, we've already seen it, right? With, oh, yeah, you know, everywhere. These doctors being booted right out. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, look at look what happened with COVID. I mean, that was a prime example. The people that towed the line that stayed in, you know, with whatever the hierarchy of the organization was saying, as long as they parroted that, they were fine. The first guys, you know, or whoever would start to say, wait a minute, let's look at something else. You know, we've never done this. You know, there's no early treatment. We have to wait till you're near death before you can do anything. You know, that's insanity. And the people that tried to say otherwise say, this isn't right. We need to do something fast. Those guys were just jumped on and beat on. And, you know, they started passing legislation saying that they'd be thrown out of the, you know, they'd lose their license if they, you know, push this disinformation. Give me a break, you know. That's the mentality that everybody, you know, you can't step out of that box. Do you think that you could actually do your show now if you had advertisers? 
Oh, oh, well, <laughs> you know, funny you should say that. You know, when I, I when I first started with Spreaker back in September of last year, um, I started getting emails from them all the time. You need to use the um, whatever their their monetization system is, where they have they have advertisers that you know they'll plug your their ads into your shows and stuff. So about a couple of months ago, I said, "Well, what the heck? I'll go ahead and do it." So I signed up. I did all the paper, you know, all this junk that I need to do. And the next thing I get is an email saying that I've, my show's been blocked because oh, they're yeah. not right for their advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> so, in answer to your question, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, and so, so we're, you know, we, if you really think about it, we're we're kind of in trouble in this country. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we're we're not allowed to get the word out. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know that kind of thing and then, but at the same know, time bud light can have you know, put queer on a can and everything's fine you know <laughs> yeah it, uh, but to think you know it's just totally that, upside down that these uh, you know these people will stop at nothing to ensure that they keep the goose that lays the golden egg mm-hmm. yeah you know that's that's the thing that's what's really scary yeah and that's that, the thing you know, if if you're pushing you to just lie and cheat and do whatever they can to make sure that you know that they keep you know, they keep their, uh, their, uh, protect protection racket. Yeah. If you push the woke agenda, even though technically you're going out of business because nobody buys for your products anymore, you'll be supported and protected and given, you know, billions of dollars of, of upkeep money from the people above just to keep pushing that crap. Uh, but someone who's telling the truth and, you know, just trying to, get the word out to people that you know they have ears to see uh, hear and eyes to see uh no you can't get anything <laughs> luckily yeah. i don't i'm not doing this for the money because <laughs> well, like i'll tell you what it wouldn't work <laughs> you played that video the other day where you know one I, one of the guys were like well you know was this guy a doctor that said this or that yeah and it's like like well, like that's a deciding factor happen. you know it's just yeah. like um i i had a my chiropractor just bought a, a an Itera care wand, and but I, I, you know, she said she couldn't consider you know selling them because it's not FDA approved. I said, well, it's not supposed to be. It's not a it's not a medical device. It's a home electronic device. I said, if you had a hair dryer and somebody wanted to buy it, you could sell it, couldn't you? <laughs> but she's so scared about you know her her license, and I said, oh, that's fine. You know, here's here's a bunch of brochures with my information on them. Give them to people, and if they want them, they can call me. I'll sell it to them. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it, it's just funny. I have people you know with longevity. They ask, is this stuff FDA approved? Well, FDA does not approve nutritional supplements. Thank goodness, because FDA only approves what kills you. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've had doctors say that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, everybody just they they have this preconceived notion about what's right and what isn't, and it's all upside down and backwards. You know, FDA yeah, and, approval and it's, isn't it's a good a huge, thing; it's a kiss of death. A, a huge house of cards. I mean, yeah, FDA know, when, approved when, Viox, and they never took the approval away. Yeah, <laughs> look how many people it killed. At, at how deep the rabbit hole goes you just you mm -hmm. can't believe it you yeah. know you can't believe how you know this is a huge system and taking it down is gonna <laughs> it's gonna require uh <laughs> that's something trump figured out <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna drain the swamp you know you have no idea he oh, thought the swamp was a little mud puddle and turned out to be more like the pacific ocean <laughs>
Yeah, and and you know everybody everybody freaks out about all these conspiracy theories, but you know I don't I mean you know if you look at it long enough and hard enough, you know you start to realize that you know it it, it has to be a conspiracy because of the way the system's set up. Boy howdy! You know I mean there's no other way to look at it. Yep. <laughs> Sad. But. <sighs> Just throw in here, like when you're talking about the system and saying who gives them the right. Well, it's the system or the states because just like um, with my first husband that passed away from having a blood and surgery on his heart from having AFib, but yet I couldn't sue the hospital because of negligence because there's a cap of 250,000 in Texas. So the doctors are protected like they're gods. They do and stuff, and yet you can't touch them for killing yeah. you. Yeah. Right. I yeah, talked far- to five different yeah. attorneys. <clears throat> yeah, pharmaceutical companies, they're out there. It's like a big yeah. protection racket. You know? Yeah. So so that's another thing that, that they're protected from, you know, um, to do what they want, and then even – if they kill somebody, they uh, really don't get in much trouble because then they have insurance that pays them off. Right. You know, yeah. It makes you wonder if that, you know, that Deagle report, Sarge, that keeps talking about all the population reduction that's on its way by 2025. <laughs> you mean it's <laughs> it already makes you wonder here? If that's actually going to come <laughs> to pass, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been trying to kill us off for years. And it's just, the snowball has just rolled downhill and it's getting huge. Um, and with with what we saw with COVID, man, I'll tell you what, you know, the people will be like, oh yeah, we got this uh, really terrible, deadly disease that has a 99.9% survival rate. Uh, so we yeah. have to have these uh, pre-manufactured vaccines that we just <laughs> came up with within warp speed. <laughs> that we're yeah, gonna, they're going to kill more people than the disease does. Yeah. Oh, you've got climate change. <laughs> and of course, you know, they're going to roll the more of, you know, they've, they're they already talking about, well, they've got these other things that have a 50% or an 80% uh, death rate. And uh, of course, they've already got uh, new jabs in the can for those. And they're going to roll it out and the population is going to do the same thing they did the last time. They're going to put on their face diapers. They're going to socialist distance. They're going to cower like little puppies and nothing's going to change except more people will die. And more, yeah, and, and and all the big know, companies doing it are getting rich at the same time. Yeah, and it's been a war on you know, like the traditional family. You know, raising your kids the way you're supposed to. You know, being a good parent. You know, that's an American. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like well, we don't care. You mm-hmm. know? It has and to that, be that's illegal. The, that's the impression I get now. It's it's like oh, we don't care what you did. We don't care if you raised a kid that was successful and oh yeah, you know, a loving kid and you know did well and so, so we don't care. Yep. You know, just look and at, you like, know, no, look at the stuff in the news. You know? UN's, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like you, know, you don't get any credit for being a successful parent. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, yeah, exactly you're not allowed to be a parent. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, and that's, exactly your kids belong the to the state. They seem to want to take us, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, that's why I've been saying for as long as I've been doing these shows, don't get a marriage license. Don't get, don't have your babies in the hospital. Don't get birth certificates. Don't get enumeration at birth with the SSN and IRS fly under the radar and during the time the kids are you know growing up and becoming adults you teach them how to live outside the system 
And granted, it's becoming more and more difficult because of the crap they're pulling. But uh, you still got to do the best job you can in teaching these kids how to be free people and not slaves. And yeah, it's kind of like what uh, Falconer said about uh, Buckminster Fuller. Yeah. You, know? mm-hmm. you, you set up a system outside that system. Yep. And that's where private membership organ- associations and that kind of stuff are going to really start to shine, especially in the heavily uh, socialist states. You know, out east and out west, they're, they're really going like crazy there because people are finally saying they've had enough and they're they're finding out about ways to, you know, get out of this garbage and avoid the state, you know, tyranny. And, yeah, but uh, what, what sort of a monetary system would they have? Well, it depends. You start out using the same stuff everybody else does, but you can get to the point where it becomes a barter system if necessary. Yeah. You know, you develop a kind of a co-op situation where everybody has different talents and whatnot, and you just exchange, you know, one thing for another. Um, you know, years ago, I had a buddy that uh, was the promoter for our group that did gun shows, and uh, we were during the Y2K time. He had the idea of buying a square mile, 640 acres, and setting up a thing called History Town because through his connections, he had people that did all kinds of stuff, electricians, uh, blacksmiths, you name it. Um, and everybody living in the town would have their own little thing that they could do. We'd have our own monetary system and basically barter. And then the town could be opened up as a tourist attraction where people would come and buy your wares and that kind of thing as a money-making deal. And uh, it was a fantastic idea. It just never got off the ground. But we already had lined up a bunch of people that wanted to be a part of it. It and, almost sounds like uh, you know going back to like you know like the medieval days or something. You know? Yeah, and uh, you you set it up as a private membership association where everybody inside's a member, and everybody that comes in as a visitor signs up for five bucks or whatnot. And the first thing is we agree not to sue anybody, and you know from that point on. Um, the rest of the process it's all outside government influence and but yeah. i'll tell you what it'd be a fantastic thing to have yeah it's like you know if you've ever gone through any of those uh you know those uh old uh, uh what were they called um uh displays or uh even shows i guess uh where you've got these people uh who are are like uh spinning uh uh, doing the old-fashioned weaving type yeah. stuff and all mm-hmm. that, you know. Uh, and you, you have, have looms you know, and like spinning wheels, your blacksmiths and all that. Yep. You know, you would think you could you could build a community out of that. I had a buddy of mine, one of the guys that was going to be a part of this, um, had 28 acres of land. He had built his own um, own house on it. There were no utilities coming on the property. Um, he had he was totally self-sufficient. They were basically to the point where they never had to leave the property, and they they produced everything they needed right there. Um, they had uh, wind, solar, water. Um, they had a 360-foot deep well that had the best water coming out of it I've ever tasted. And, I mean, he had everything set up to where the, the whole thing was totally self-sufficient. They grew all their crops. They had uh, cattle. They had uh, hogs. They had big pigs, chickens, you know, you name it. Really good garden, underground storage, the whole shooting match. And, um, I mean, it was something to watch. I knew them for about 20 years, 
and watched that place grow. And he had, he was a blacksmith as well. Plus he did, um, solar systems and that kind of thing, electrical work. And, but everything was on the property. There was no indication whatsoever that there was anything more there than a pole barn. <laughs> but I'll yeah, tell you it's what. It's almost like, you know, if, 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 a, if a group of people wanted to break away and, you know, do this, kind of like the Amish, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would, you know, you'd almost use them as, as you know, like a base. Yeah, that would be the <laughs> yeah. ideal thing. Just move into an Amish community and get to be friend with them and have, you know, buy a house that was made, you know, built that way and um, learn to live that lifestyle or close to it. And yeah. You're, you're, I mean, that's the tip. That's the perfect prepper thing. You know, there's a few the things you got to learn. Away. You know, the you have to make sure that they learn about uh, putting uh, minerals in their soil because most of them eat whatever they grow. And one of the big problems they end up with is if you've got, you know, mineral deficiencies in the soil, which is not uncommon, you end up with all kinds of issues. Uh, the Amish community in Lancaster, Pennsylvania area had a big problem with muscular dystrophy because there's no selenium there. Mm-hmm. And Wallach figured that out and went in and basically helped them figure out how to straighten things out. So and, so if, if a, let's say a group tried this, though, right? I mean, you know, you're going to have the government probably try to, you know, put their boot on your neck, right? Well, that's what we've seen so far. I mean, they've been going off after Amish farmers for years. I can't remember the one guy here that's really been hammered uh, for, you know, basically selling, you know, meats and, and, and dairy products to his customers. And uh, they haven't been able to get him. They've been trying for a long time, but so far they've, uh, they haven't been able to be successful. Uh, because yeah. there's still a right, you know, the the right to uh, private contract is protected under the Constitution, and that's where the uh, private membership organ associations are, are are protected through. And he's yeah. got things structured apparently uh, in a way so that he can get away with, or not get away, but he can do what he wants to do without their hassle, and it's doing the job for him. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to that, you know, thing where. You know, there's like this big ideology gap now. You know, there's half the country wants to break away from the other half kind mm-hmm. of thing. And well, that's you know, a, that's because sanity can't exist in uh, in reality and vice versa. And yeah, that's where we're at. We've the the two sides have gone so far in their own directions that there's no reconciliation between them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's you know, and and it's like, well, you know, if that ever became reality right the one half would obviously live better than the other half <laughs> without a doubt right? <laughs> it'd be and, you know capitalism be, versus socialism right you know the that'd one be it. half who you know who was trying to stay independent mm-hmm. you know yep you know the question is how would you divide things because every state has its own little group of people somebody's going to have to move you know that's all yeah. there is to it <laughs> and uh yeah, it gets it gets interesting, doesn't it? Oh, it really man. does. It, it, we we just live in some really really messed up times. Yep. Well, like the old Chinese curse, we may always live in interesting times, and I mean they <laughs> haven't gotten any more interesting than they are now. But you know, this this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think what's yeah, I coming think is right. going to be it, weird. Or, uh, but but you know, uh, it even shows like yours though you know yes you may not be reaching millions of people but you know that one little seed when you plant it it gets out there Mm -hmm. 
And if people share the replays from time, you know, I got to admit, uh, during the, during that video, I was, while I was checking some of the, um, uh, statistics for my show from Spreaker and, uh, downloads are up, I think, uh, like 20% this month. And, um, I have more downloads, you know, like I, there's a lot of downloads compared, you know, people go to the shows and they get them, listen to them afterwards or download them as opposed to listen live. And, you know, what I'm seeing is it, it breaks it down by day. And without a doubt, my Thursday shows are the most um, downloaded of all of them, uh, which is, you know, good. I'd like to see some of the other health-related things, you know, get more, info, you know, contact. But um, Mike Gaddy stuff and all the rest with Cal and DW, we're getting a lot of downloads from those. Uh, I do hundreds. think that, uh, that John B. Wells, uh, you know, he, he reaches quite a few people. And I think, you know... Uh, uh, Roger's been on there as a host a couple mm -hmm. of times, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I think that helps get the word out too. Yeah, and that's the thing. What if people just you know if they know about a show, they say, "Hey, check this out," or "Here's a link," or "Listen to this one show," or something. You know, I've been I got a buddy that's pushing me to get on Rumble, and I I've thought about it and I've considered it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, yeah. but I want to do that and it just, up, you know, I don't know if I'll do live things there, but if nothing else, just upload the stuff. And, uh, because that seems to be the place where, you know, a lot of people are moving because they're not doing any censorship whatsoever. And they're, they're making sure it stays that way. And, um, well, you're right. A lot, a lot of like-minded people, people abandoning, there. you know, the traditional, uh, traditional media. Yeah. And even you know, like with the with the system, I with the Spreaker, I can every time I post a uh, an up uh, upload my show, it will automatically send it to like a dozen different places. Plus, I can send it to YouTube. But with YouTube, I have to be very careful. I have to do it per show because if I if something said on the show that they don't like, you know, you do three of those and you're dead forever there. Um, yeah. You know, it's crazy. So most of the time, I don't even worry about YouTube. But, um, you know, it automatically goes like, you know, iTunes or iTunes or whatever it is. And, you know, iHeartRadio and I forget what else it goes to a whole bunch of different places. So it's, True. it's getting spread far and wide. And, you know, I don't even know what the numbers are of listeners there. Uh, I just, the, the numbers I'm seeing on Spreaker are strictly downloads from Spreaker, not the other well, places. I, I like the format because it gives everybody a chance to, you know, to engage. Yeah, and that's that's why I like using Jitsi and free conference call because they have, that's the, the beauty of these systems. You can leave things open and anybody that wants to can chime in. And uh, it's worked really well over the years. And, you know, hopefully if, if they just, you know, keep it from getting screwed up like it did a while ago <laughs> and keep the uh, reverb away. You know, so far, everything's worked like a charm here, and we've had people in free conference call. Right now, it's just me, but uh, earlier today, we had a couple others in there, and there's no problem. Um, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> As Mike and Callum DW will be here, and uh, Mike told me that uh, he's letting Callum DW pick the topic for discussion tomorrow, so that should be interesting. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how things go. But we're out of time for today. Uh, my little dinger on my wrist just started chiming at me. So that tells me that uh, in about eight seconds, I got to push the button for the music. But I uh, appreciate everybody being here and all the good conversation and uh, all that good stuff. So take care of your bodies because the only place you have to live. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow.
same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, again, be yourself because everybody else is taken. We'll see you all tomorrow. Take care and God bless.